This audiobook of the original America Burning was produced by the Firefighter Podcast Combustible. More details on this project can be found online at www.combustiblethepodcast.com. The audio for this recording is consistent with all copyright rights and permissions associated with America Burning and is not affiliated with or endorsed in any way by the federal government or the U.S. Fire Administration. Chapter 4. Planning for Fire Protection Setting sights upon the future of fire protection in this nation, as this commission is charged to do, brings into focus a major need underlying many others. Planning. Fire protection planning has been largely a local responsibility, and for good reasons it is destined to remain so. Each community has a set of conditions unique to itself, and a system of fire protection that works well for one community cannot be assumed to work equally well for other communities. To be adequate, the fire protection system must respond to local conditions, especially to changing conditions. Planning is the key. Without local-level planning, the system of fire protection is apt to be ill-suited to local needs and lag behind the changing needs of the community. Excellent fire protection, for example in the form of automatic extinguishing systems, lies within technical grasp and certainly lies within the resources of most communities to provide. Even with considerable public support, this protection would require many years to accomplish. In the meantime, in every fire jurisdiction, whether a municipality, county, or region, standards aiming at a significant increase in fire protection must be set. Among the concepts to be defined, adequate level of fire protection. The question of adequacy addresses itself not only to normal day-to-day -day needs, but to major contingencies that can be anticipated and to future needs as well. What is needed is a definition of optimal protection in contrast to minimal protection which fails to meet contingencies and future needs, and maximal protection which is more than the community can afford. Reasonable community costs. Fire, both as a threat and reality, has its costs. Property losses, deaths, injuries, hospital bills, lost tax revenues, plus the costs of maintaining fire departments, paying fire insurance premiums, and providing built-in fire protection. Each community must decide on an appropriate level of investment in fire protection. Some costs beyond the public's willingness to bear should be transferred to the private sector, as when buildings over a certain size or height or with a certain occupancy are required to have automatic extinguishing systems. Acceptable risk. A certain level of losses from fire must be accepted as tolerable simply because of the limited resources of the community. Conditions that endanger the safety of citizens and firefighters beyond the acceptable risk must be identified as targets for reduction. Consideration of these matters helps to determine what functions and emphasis should be assigned to the fire department, other municipal departments, and the private sector, both now and in the future. It helps to define new policies, laws, or regulations that may be needed. Most important, consideration of these matters makes clear that fire safety is a responsibility shared by the public and private sectors. Because the fire department cannot prevent all fire losses, Formal obligations fall on owners of certain kinds of buildings to have built-in fire protection. For the same reason, private citizens have an obligation to exercise prudence with regard to fire in their daily lives. But prudence also requires education and fire safety, and the obligation to provide that education appropriately falls in the public sector, chiefly the fire department. The public sector, again chiefly the fire department, also has an obligation to see that requirements for built-in fire protection in the private sector are being met. A fire department, then, has more than one responsibility, nor are the responsibilities just mentioned exhaustive. At least eight important functions for fire departments can be identified. Fire suppression, 
Firefighters need proper training and adequate equipment for saving lives and putting out fires quickly, and also for their own safety. Life Safety Paramedical Services Capabilities needed during fires and other emergencies include first aid, resuscitation, and possibly paramedical services. By paramedical services, we mean emergency treatment beyond ordinary first aid, performed by fire service personnel under supervision, through radio communication, for example, of a physician. Fire prevention. This includes approving building plans and actual construction, inspecting buildings, their contents, and their fire protection equipment, public education, and investigating the causes of fires to serve as a guide to future priorities in fire prevention. Fire safety education. Fire departments have an obligation to bring fire safety education, not only into schools and private homes, but also into occupancies with greater than average fire potential or hazard to people, such as restaurants, hotels, hospitals, and nursing homes. Deteriorated building hazards. In coordination with other municipal departments, fire departments can work to abate serious hazards to health and safety caused by deteriorated structures or abandoned buildings. Regional coordination. Major emergencies can exceed the capabilities of a single fire department, and neighboring fire jurisdictions should have detailed plans for coping with such emergencies. But effectiveness can also be improved through sharing of day-to-day -day operations, as, for example, an area-wide communication and dispatching network. Data development. Knowledge of how well a fire department is doing and of how practices should change to improve performance depends on adequate record keeping. Community relations. Fire departments are representative of the local community that supports them. The impression they make on citizens affects how citizens view their government. Volunteer departments dependent on private donations must, of course, also be concerned with their community relations. Moreover, since fire stations are strategically located throughout the community, they can serve as referral or dispensing agencies for a wide range of municipal services. As communities set out to improve their fire protection, it is not the fire department alone they must consider. The police have a role in reporting fires and in handling traffic and crowds during fires. The cooperation of the building department is needed to enforce the fire safety provisions of building codes. The work of the water department in maintaining the water system is vital to fire suppression. In the realm of fire safety education, the public schools, the Department of Recreation, and the public library can augment the work of the fire department. Future development and planning will influence the location of new fire stations and how they will be equipped. These are just the obvious examples of interdependence. So seemingly trivial a matter as the manner in which house numbers are assigned and posted can affect the ability of fire departments to respond quickly and effectively to emergencies. The Master Plan for Fire Protection In Chapter 3, we proposed that each local fire jurisdiction in the nation develop a master plan for fire protection. The master plan, we pointed out, should set goals and priorities for the fire services designed to meet the changing needs of the community. It should seek to allocate resources for the maximum payoff in fire protection and it should provide for a data system for continual monitoring of cost-effectiveness. A look at how one city has developed a master plan is instructive. Several years ago, the city of Mountain View, California began to prepare its general plan of land use. As a statement of fire department needs, the city manager's office was prepared to accept the recommendations of the American Insurance Association, which at that time had responsibility for the grading schedule. These recommendations called for eight fire stations in Mountain View, with five men per engine company and six to seven men per truck company if the city wanted to improve the insurance grading. 
The fire chief interceded to suggest that deeper study would lead to a different set of goals for the fire department. He proposed a philosophy of fire protection for Mountain View with two aspects. First, emphasis should be on preventing fire losses, chiefly through code enforcement and control of contents and activities within structures. Second, the fire department can cope with emergencies only to a certain level. Where the normal anticipated potential for emergencies exceeds the planned capabilities of the on-duty fire force, developers and operators of buildings and businesses will be responsible for providing the balance of fire protection. Usually, this would mean some form of built-in fire protection. In developing a master plan for fire protection, the Mountain View Fire Chief and his staff took a careful look at recent fire experience. From that study, they were able to project that apartment house and industrial fires would be an increasing burden on the department. By examining the causes of recent fires, they were able to set priorities for fire safety education and code enforcement. They were also able to arrive at a definition of adequate fire protection service, which included the provision that firefighting forces arrive within four minutes after the emergency has been reported. The fire chief and his staff also examined the capabilities of the fire department's equipment to suppress large fires. This led to recommendations that the building code be amended to require all non-residential occupancies over 5,000 square feet to have approved fire detectors, and all over 10,000 square feet to have automatic sprinkler systems in addition. In recognition that most deaths in residential fires are from smoke inhalation, they recommended that smoke detectors and sprinkler heads be required at the top of the stairwell in all two-story residences. The Mountain View chief and his staff inventoried the fire department in terms of both personnel and equipment and then projected additional needs of manpower and capital investments over a 10-year period. In developing the master plan, the chief and his assistants made a detailed list of objectives in order of priority, not only for the department as a whole, but for the chief, assistant chiefs, battalion chiefs, and captains. They established a timeline for implementing special events, such as company inspections and arson seminars. To make sure the Fire Prevention Bureau and firefighters understood their responsibilities in fire inspection, they listed every kind of occupancy in the city and assigned each category to one or the other. Another detailed listing set forth clearly the fire protection responsibilities of other city departments, such as the police, water, engineering, and planning departments. The kind of study Mountain View has been conducting is not costly. Certainly it is not expensive in light of the cost-effectiveness it promises taxpayers of that city. The data from which its projections are derived are mostly data fire departments ought to be collecting every day as a means of continually monitoring their effectiveness. Yet we recognize that many local and county governments are financially strapped. They are hard put to provide adequate services for today, much less to plan for better services tomorrow. They will need help tomorrow to improve fire protection but they need help today to determine what those improvements should be. The planning we have called for does more than place fire department activities on a rational footing. It requires fire departments to consider means of reducing fire losses beyond mere fire suppression. It calls for a broader approach, which may require changes in laws and codes as well as increased emphasis on fire prevention and fire safety education by fire departments. This broader approach, which might be termed fire loss management, is a radical departure for many communities. Some fire departments will lack the expertise and management ability to devise master plans on their own. If they have been relying solely on the grading schedule, they will find that the master plan involves attention to many more factors and calls for custom tailoring future priorities to meet local conditions. For the first time, they may find it necessary to call in fire protection engineers and management consultants to aid in establishing levels of fire protection and methods to obtain those levels.
The commission recommends that the proposed United States Fire Administration provide grants to local fire jurisdictions for developing master plans for fire protection. Further, the proposed U.S. Fire Administration should provide technical advice and qualified personnel to local fire jurisdictions to help them develop master plans. The impetus for change. Every system has advantages and disadvantages. No one is motivated to change a system or pattern of behavior when the advantages seem to lie with the status quo and the disadvantages with the contemplated change. Change toward fire loss management will be attractive only if the rewards of the proposed practices and the penalties of the existing practices are seen to outweigh the rewards for existing practices and the penalties associated with change. If the opposite holds true, then there will be little impetus to move in the direction of fire loss management. One of the jobs of the U.S. Fire Administration will be to persuade local governments that the rewards lie in a change toward fire loss management, penalties, and the status quo. A few of the advantages of the fire loss management approach deserve mention here. It puts planning for the future on a sound basis and makes it easier to defend budget requests each year. It brings the top levels of local government, who don't understand fire department program needs, into active participation in planning the community's total fire protection. It brings from under the carpet emergency situations beyond the capabilities of the fire department and makes clear what will be done in such cases. The approach provides fire departments with a management system that can weed out outmoded practices and justify the practices they retain. Lastly, it can restructure firefighters' jobs to make them more productive to the citizenry and more rewarding to the firefighter.